0: Paramed and Proven Investments Limited. Welcome to Impacting Jamaica. I am Tamika Gordon, and I'm speaking today with Phyllis
1: Thomas, retired Gleena editor and journalist. When you talk about long service, you're talking about Ms. Thomas. Her career in media spanned some 45 years. She has spent her book entitled I Dare You, in which she talks about her life as a journalist and a whole lot more. Miss Phyllis will be sharing a little bit of her story with us today. Thank you so much for joining us, Ms. Phyllis. Thank you for having me, Tamika. How are you? I'm um, well, thank you. It's good yes. to be talking with you.
2: Thank you, and as I said, it's sort of strange being on the side of the microphone, but here goes.
1: (laughs) I can just imagine. Great. So let's begin by talking a little bit about your background, you know, where you're from, what life was like for you growing up. We want to talk about, you know, how you got into the field of journalism, but let's talk about your, your childhood and how it all began. Where are you from?
2: Okay, I'm from Kingston. And there are 12 of us, 12 of us in our family. We well, 12, 12 children for my mother and my father. I'm the fifth of twelve. I'm the first girl. And we from a family that were very poor. And when I'm talking about poor, our lifestyle defined poverty in another way. We were very, very poor. And so what God had put um people in our in our lives to help us to get beyond that because people had to help with food. I remember like our neighbors look like used one plate of food and that one plate of food would serve for the whole of us. There were three of three of um my brothers lived in the country, my mother's and my father's um parents. Um one had died and there was a steel bomb of the others with us and the one plate of food shared for everybody. So my mother and father would go to bed hungry and we would get probably about a spoon of something and that's it. But we know what it was to be hungry. And sometimes like um, we know what it was to also, because of poverty, to share. My mother would get you know, like one ice mint, I don't know, you're, you're young, so you probably don't know <laughs> ice mint. <laughs> ice mint. And she would put the ice mint in like a piece in a paper, pound it up with something and share that one ice mint, everybody get a little touch on the tongue. So that is that is a state of our sort of poverty, but you know what it has done? Poverty is a lesson. And when that poverty, when it when it teaches you, are well taught. It's grounded. It's grown because we gravitate towards the poor. We learn to satisfy with the little things of life. We don't boast about accomplishment. And the thing is that we have moved out of out of the poverty, but we don't boast about it. My brother, when he retired, he was the managing director of the water resources. That's Herbert Thomas. My sister in Florida, she is um for for, for several consecutive years voted as the um, in, in, in the top, in the top top 30 quintile of, of um, uh, reading teachers in the entire state of Florida. And for several years, my sister Rose in, in New York in banking and as an artist, my brother in New York, in the in the um, transit um sector over there. So we have all, oh, but guess what? We just keep it. Poverty has helped us. We have gravitated towards the poor. We learn to satisfy and nothing but to see the poor get better. Whatever it is that we have accomplished, we try to help the poor because as my sister, she has sent two children to school, children she didn't even know, she just sent the money here and um, from primary school. She took those two children. One of them went through primary school, through high school, through university, and two years ago, she was called to the bar. Another of course, of our sister, she she's um what they call it, um actor actor um scientist mm-hmm. or what they call it. She has graduated from university in that category as well. And so, you know, we just know that it's the poor and we're supposed to help the poor because that's what the Lord put us here to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of chatting. <laughs>
1: yeah, from humble beginnings, yeah, and, and all of that has yes. kept you humble all this time.
2: Yes. yes. And we're just giving God. I always say to God be the glory, I can't Say anything else I have to give him the grown because when I think we were coming from you know Tamika if you see those shoes that we used to wear our shoes are just is just the arm um, top alone they call it the uppers the sole mm-hmm. one we had to put cardboard inside of it and those cardboard not lasting long because them wear out too and so your foot on them the sort of concrete mm-hmm. oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> mm-hmm. so
1: that's it that's it how, how do you think that your childhood influenced your decision to become a journalist
2: okay you know at one point i didn't think that it influenced it but because it's was so strategic i wanted to become a doctor my brother wanted to become a doctor but i went to Trenchstone comprehensive and some of the subjects that we um, were given there and because of the poverty my mother and father couldn't afford to give us the books the uniform let alone food to eat so we just went there and um but we went to, um, I went to to to, to um, Trench door. my brother went to Casey. The books that my brother um, he's one year older than I am. Mm-hmm. the books that he he went through. If I could use them, I would get them. There's a dissecting set that he used in zoology because I wanted to go in medicine and see myself as a doctor, as a surgeon. Going into people and making people well. Oh my gosh! I was just so fascinated, and still I'm fascinated with the working of the human body. From the time you put that food into that mouth and you chew it until it goes through your body and part of it is voided, you know, as feces. The whole working of the blood and everything. I was just so fascinated. I wanted to be a doctor, but then that was going to happen. God had other plans for me, and so when um I went to um, Extramural department to do my zoology and stuff like that, and try to get other subjects to because that Trench is just a few subjects, and to get the other subjects to matric- matriculate in the university. So, glena now was just to me a sort of stopgap. <laughs> was just coming to glena A
1: stopgap that lasted for 45 years. For
2: 45 years. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm telling you, God is strategic because even the school that I that, that that I went into played a role. And as I said, poverty played a role, but the school also, because at school, we were um asked to choose the subjects that we wanted to go into. So I chose um the science subjects. Okay. Still in the back of my mind, medicine. But we were also um to choose from those technical subjects. So you call them um technical, or what you call those kind of subjects. So I chose dressmaking because I love fashion, my mother is to sew. Of whatever material she can get done. So our stuff, mm-hmm. right? and the guys at school would choose like woodwork. Right. And along with the other subjects that they need. So I chose dressmaking, and I was, well, I think, good enough at it because my graduation dress was made by me and my my um teacher. And this dressmaking um thing that I went into was going to help me to do one of the biggest investigative journalism thing that I, I have done. Really? Yes, you will see <laughs> later that, that when I enter the free zone to do that investigative piece, I suppose when you ask, ask me a question I'll get into it, I don't know if you want me to talk about that now. Go
1: ahead, go ahead. That's okay, an interesting so. point.
2: Yeah, so that dressmaking thing that I learned when as a, as a, as a journalist at the Gleaner, the free zone was quite. It was quite lucrative in Jamaica. I think Prime Minister was 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 Edward at the time, and the apparel sector was like lucrative, booming like crazy. And so all of these these um companies from United States and those other foreign places, those they're outsourcing their garments to be done in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So they send parts of it, and then the Jamaican women would work in these places fixing, putting them together, and some of those sports, sporting garments and stuff that you would see out there, they're actually done in Jamaica, you know, and so it was good, but then the women were complaining, the women had so much problem, 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 and um, the women complained, nobody not painted any mind, eventually, we tried to get the story done, Um, tried to get the interviews and stuff, nobody not hearing us, but the women, the women's complaints were they were loud. And so the government went inside of the free zone, I think there's a the Minister of Labour, with an entourage of people on camera and talking. talking. So I went on that assignment too and talking to the ladies and they say, oh, everything is fine. You know, they're going to say that. They're not going to say anything is bad before. They're, 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 yeah, so everything's fine. So, huh? so everything is just whitewashed and well manicured and left it. But complain just the same and it was my son's father my son's father was a journalist at the cleaner and he said to me why don't you go inside of the free zone and work and see what is happening there and I said what you're <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you can sew so I, I, incidentally you can sew I wasn't with the clothes I was wearing to the cleaner I was making them for myself even my very jeans because I was fashion conscious, still love fashion. No. I call myself a fashionista. So <laughs> I love to dress up and draw, love to look good. He said, go and you can sew. I said, All right, let's do it. I went to Lloyd Williams, who was my editor, and he was quite fascinated. He said, yes. So I went and I applied for a um, job in one of the one of the factories. My application called for me to be doing some sewing in front of the people. You now they asked me to do something called a bonded
1: buttonhole. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I, I can't even explain it. No, because it's, yeah, not the, yeah. you know, it's
1: a technical. It's
2: a type, technique. Right. right very, very Looking very, very good. Right. And when I did it, he said, you're sure you're not working? You're sure you're not? You, you never used to work in the, in the dressmaking before? I said, no, I was a barmaid. <laughs> she was lying. Still. <laughs> and she said, well, you are so good. We want you to start working. And she took me. They took me on to work the following night. And I went inside of the free zone where Mr. Williams was a part of the whole thing with me because Mr. Williams would take me to work. Um, he would drop me part of him because you're not supposed to see See the thing that people inside of the free zone were persons from the inner city. And so you dress a particular kind of way. Way And I tried to dress like them, right? And he would drop me and I would walk up. And get inside there, and I started working, and I observed what was doing, what was happening inside of the free zone. I worked for three three nights because I was working night shift. I couldn't take it any longer, because my back started to rebel <laughs> <laughs> And the woman, I, I observed a lot of stuff happening there, the, the bad treatment, but also the fact that the women were thieves, because although they would search us and treat us away, them still managed to out the people and things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and so. Um, that, the, the, the dressmaking course um, course that I set at school helped me. You know that, that, that um, free zone story that I did, it was it, it created a whole lot of store in the country, a whole lot of store in the country and it was so big to the extent that the University of the West Indies used it in uh, a and mm-hmm. that's that. This is a good teaching tool, and it's a tool that can be used in unobtrusive research. And mm-hmm. so every year you go, you know, people talking about this, this, this um groundbreaking thing. and that was done. Yeah, yes, and I got an award from, from the Ph for it. But but I gave back the PAG the award. I gave it back today because I thought that I should have gotten the award for investigative journalist of the year and they gave me um what's called honorable mention yes it was my
1: pride it was my yeah pride. i can just i hear the passion coming out and yeah. it one of the reasons why i told you it was okay to just go into the the, the yes. stories because my other question was um what was the what was one of the stories that impacted you and why and i i, I your answer your your story about this free zone situation truly some yeah. you know responded yeah. to, to that question yes.
2: yeah
1: yeah so what was what was the role that um you loved the best? Which one of your roles, journalist or editor and why?
2: Um, Journalist, well, I, I, I prefer being a reporter, you know, because an you know, editor is a journalist as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I prefer being a reporter because out there, I was making a difference to people's lives. As an editor, I was just reading over people's story and you know mm-hmm. doing that, <laughs> You're trying to make the story um, good for 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 the readers outside there. But as a as a reporter, I was out there making a difference to people. I was out there um, ensuring that truth be told. I was out there keeping big politicians and big. Um, on their toes. On their toes, you know. So I prefer that. And you know what I like too? I like whenever the news, there's a breaking news and I'm at the center of it. Not not because of me, but to be there. There's this is adrenaline rush. Yes. <laughs> and I just, I just love that. And um, but most of all, I like when I go into the rural errors and then you see i don't like the human suffering but i like when i'm able to hear it when i'm when i'm able to give give, give a life to it so that people can come and you know mm-hmm. help them and change their life and i've done that on occasions
1: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: indeed you have uh the climate of journalism now with the advent of social media and all of that what do you think of it in terms of what the fraternity, what the, the, the industry is now? Mm-hmm. And you know what are your thoughts on what you think modern journalism should be?
2: Okay, so journalism as it is now, I find it worrying. I don't like the trajectory it's taken. Mm-hmm. and Why? Especially because of social media, truth is fluid. And my, it's my truth and it's what i said so when they can go out there and the library people on social media no big thing and everybody a reporter it's not like the thing is that when i went into media i um i wasn't trained but i was 20. i left high school at um 19 and i went into the gleaners at 20. but what the gleaner used to do the gleaner used to have um persons come down with a big Hall, the entire section they called pay stop and the whole of the, the IT section. The whole of the, it was a big hall, and they had the reporters, the star reporters, the green reporters, and that persons come in. The very English we had to do English. Yeah, had people from the CPU, the Caribbean person, unionists to come in and tell us about investigative journalists, tell us about feature writing, how to get the best things done, and you use your 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 words are like. It's like a painting, the paintbrush, and you can use your words, you can make your words mm-hmm. talk, and you can make your words cry, and you can make your words sing, and they teach you how to do those kind of things. That happened at the Gliena while we were still out there, and we were supposed to go outside there. We never, when I just went there, we never have seats. We were supposed to be out there finding the news, and we never get bylines. We had to earn the bylines. And so I think that journalists know what it's all about is a fluff. Mm-hmm. So, not not all, some. Because I admire people like you see um Jovan Johnson. Uh, Jovan Johnson and they're going out there to establish truth. They are the truth tellers outside there, and that is the route that is the route that we need to take. And also, um take yourself out of the story. The journalist needs to take himself, herself out of the story because we're not important. It's not about us. If you are writing a um, an opinion piece that is different but now I see a blurring of the lines if it's a news story or it's an opinion piece I am not sure because in it, I see you the reporter is telling me about what they think I don't want to know what I'm thinking in, in, in a regular news story mm-hmm. I want to know you set down the facts and let me decide no, don't tell me what, it's, what you think and it's mm-hmm. not old-fashioned it's not old-fashioned it's not that journalism has morphed This is just the way, or you, you, you do it. You give me a chance to decide on what it
1: is all about. For my own opinion, based on the facts that you've presented. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're taking a break now to hear from our sponsors.
0: I know you're in there I want no way to, like to come back I know Pinky this time Akisha. Keisha, Just like Mattel Pinky Give JPS your number And then we'll send your text With them things here So you can't stop Knock my door What you mean? DM
2: or call JPS And tell them to Add your phone number To your account And you will know Everything
1: all the time
0: You're know, for Send your current contact information and always be in the know. Visit jpsgo.com for more info.
1: Thank you for staying with us. We are speaking with Phyllis Thomas, a journalist, retired journalist, who had 45 years in the field and she's sharing with us her story. Miss Phyllis, I want to turn now to your book that you have written. Tell us about I Dare You.
2: Okay, so first of all, first of all, the topic. I dare you. I um chose the topic. I dare you because to me, I see it as an in-your-face sort of response to the circumstances that threatened to derail me or tried to derail me mm-hmm. from 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 um childhood come up, and I see that the book is a sort of triumph, you know gone through everything <coughs> oh, sorry and and succeeding and the book is also i can't help i have to read. i have to give glory to god because if it wasn't for him i couldn't have done it i couldn't do it on my own so the book is all about that it's all about it's is um talking about my childhood experience the first chapter talks about my growing up and then my experience in journalism it talks about even the same, the same social media it talks about it talks about the cleaner way i work for 45 years yes. in fact for the entire 45 years of, of work nearly two months that i went to amsterdam it's um what you call that place um enterprise service mm-hmm. yes it's a university of the western they sent me there um when I was, I taught the print the print class when I did a diploma course there, and mm-hmm. I taught the print the print class, and they sent me there for two months. And those two months, I worked at the Interpress Service in Amsterdam. So the entire my entire working life has been at the Gleaner. And um, what was I talking? I was
1: I was addressing the yeah with the title of the book. I <sighs> dear you. Yes. Yeah, so that's you what you were saying thing. why you chose that title. <clears throat>
2: And so the title that is that. It's that. But the, the, the second part of the title is subtitled. I have a friend called Jenny Campbell. <laughs> I used to I used to terrorize poor Jenny from, from the office, you know, because even when she's home and you know, I the I, 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 I know that I can write, but I can never write a good headline. Mm-hmm. I went and when Jenny gone home, she may call and ask her when when it's my I'm closing editor, I'm gonna find the headline for the stories or Andre Wright, those two people, and some at them, at them, I can never write a good headline. Um, I remember one headline that I wrote that was good. It was long ago when Mrs. Gruden was my editor and we had to write like a slug on the people that we typed the story on, just to give the, the editor an idea of what was the story, what the story was about. And it was a time when Mister. Michael, Michael Malley passed this thing about the um, Bastard Act, or what they call it, No More Bastard. And I wrote in my, um for my slob, No More Bastard. And Mrs. Spilden looked at it and said, yes. And the headline is, <laughs> that was the headline for the star, big headline, No More Bastards. <laughs> and so, right up, so I, I, I depended on Jenny so much. So this book now, when I, I, I could not find the, sub, the, the subtitle for the book, I tried, my sisters, because uh, they helped me, got a lot of help my sisters Maureen and Rose and my friend um oh gosh Yvonne Nichols, because she's one of those Why right, I write the book she was at me at me write this book and my brother Lafayette write this book she would said and because she saw in me something that I could do it so the title or the subtitle I could not come up with something I said Jenny what do you think and she gave me something pushed to the pinnacle of journalism so we took it, and I had it, and my son looked at it and said, Mommy, that's a problem. There's a problem with the word, push. Because if it's a push, the pinnacle of journalism people not to understand it. And if you say pushed, it would suggest, it to look at it. So they, they push you. You're reluctant, and you're being pushed. So the word push is a problem. <laughs> so myself and Mommy, my sister, took it, and we were there, looking at it, and they would say, yes, a climb. Climb, because I dare you. And I the disclaim to the pinnacle of journalism. And that, that is how we got the title. You now the book itself, I got a lot of help. You know, you know, you know we keep on saying, God, I don't know if you're tired to hear me say that. But even if they're tired, I've got to say it. i sent a lot of people in my life to help. You know, that uh, my friend even put me onto this um, Dr. Newton dr newton is a graduate from princeton university and from harvard university and dr newton i don't know him from adam but dr newton took me under his wings he said that he feels the lord told him that he's supposed to help me and he he caused me to write the last chapter in the book telling me he said oh no phyllis i want you to go and write the last chapter you are going to be talking to emerging journalists and you're going to be telling them what it is you're going to give them best practice you're going to be telling them giving them hints as to how to move forward in journalism and the hurdles and how to overcome it and you are going to be updating your book because remember that you have put on the it for about a year and things have happened so you're going to use that chapter to update the book and you're going and he was with me and you would call and say, you reached such and such have you done such and such and you and he was at me, and I'm saying, "Thank you." I have to say, "Thank you," the doctor. Indeed. Yes. So, uh, when is the book coming out, and where can we get it? Okay, so the book was, the book is on, it's, it's on, it's on Amazon. Incidentally, the the Kindle version, the the ebook, mm-hmm. was released on my birthday, March 12, um, on Amazon. The, the the printed copy, where, um, I, in fact, I have a I have a proof of the printed printed um copy Versa, it's mm-hmm. coming out, that's coming out for the um it will be ready for my official launch which will be on the 30th of april
1: right but um where this, will the launch be is it oh, virtual or physical
2: no it's physical it's going to be at the um stock exchange building
1: on april
2: 30 um, yes at four o'clock
1: 4 p.m i dare you climb to the pinnacle of journalism book launch april 30 jamaica stock exchange downtown at 4 p.m yes what 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 do you um see miss phyllis as if you have any your biggest regrets
2: before i get there can i tell you one thing else about yes
1: go ahead so the book was it was it was released
2: amazon on the Friday, my birthday is Sunday, it was released on Friday, and by Monday morning, my book hit the bestsellers list on Amazon in three different categories. Wow! And and in one of the categories, it was at number three out of a hundred. (laughs) So... That is great news. Yeah, so in one category it was like 80-something out of a hundred, the next category was nine, and in one category it was number three. And again, this being your first book yes yes and i'm saying thanks to to ruth ruth taylor from bamboo sparks that lady is something else she she herself is a bestseller with several books out and she is just so good she had me every step of the way of, uh, uh, as well she is just a godsend yes, yes. great
1: so yeah and, and 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 overwhelming accomplishment miss phyllis God, congratulations
2: mm-hmm. thank you thank you yes
1: yes yes yeah, so i was asking in all of your your you know in your sojourn and, and you know in your life as a as a journalist, yes. was there anything that you'd consider to be your biggest regrets and why?
2: Yeah, yeah, I do like to talk about regrets because mm. I prefer to talk about challenge. The, 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 no, the happy the happy parts of the okay. Journey. So yes,
1: <laughs> I was well, planning to ask as well, what's yes. your biggest win or accomplishment?
2: Well, as I said, getting so doing doing working for people, because that's what I was put there to do to work for people. And you know what, Tamika, when a, when a, when a, a reader or readers would call me and say, thank you. When persons who do my work, like reporters who I supervise, when they come and say, "Mr. Thomas, thank you, you didn't shout, you just calm, but you were effective. Thank you when reporters leave the, the um, when they're no longer in the profession and they're going to other professions which um have them writing and they they know have to like to, to supervise persons and they look at their their their, their things like they would be in in um in pr and i would just say trim the fat but the reporters would come back and say i oh, know i understand what you're talking about when you say trim the fat and when you say that the stories are are um not complete if, if there are questions left unanswered in the story. No, I understand. And you know, when I when when these 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 sort of feedback come to me, when they come to me, no kind of money, no kind of money can 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 replace that feeling of accomplishment, that feel that i satis- and just satisfying, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful. The regret is that. Um, you know, everywhere you work, you're going to have ups and downs. And um, the Andrew is not going where I want it to be, not to be editor, because I was offered once to be the editor of the Sunday cleaner, but no, me can't feel this can't take the of something. Mm-hmm. There because I was I was news editor for the Sunday cleaner, and I worked as editor for the Sunday cleaner when God was editing so um going off on some sort of lifting. And I, I said no. I think I. Well, I wanted to be. I said I, I wanted to be like um, associate editor. You know, when I retired, I was the enterprise editor. So I wanted to be. Well, that's you know, that is not that's not really a great associate. Mm-hmm. Really a, I don't really because care.
1: you did make an impact in several. Yeah. Other so, so that's yes. why
2: I think I can't really
1: regret. Yeah. About regrets. But let, let's let's talk a bit about how you were able to balance personal life, family life the, with the demands of the, of the job for so many years because people often say that journalism is high stress and very demanding. How did you manage to balance all of that?
2: Yeah, it was, it was a bit difficult because I had, my, um, I had my son and I was going to school, I was on my own. And uh, and then you know, as an editor, at that point now I'm no longer a reporter. Well, sometimes you go out on reporting, but it's mostly editing at this point. And I had to, I had to really do a balancing act. You know, is what I'm call it? Um, what, what 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 is the sport the...
1: work life balance?
2: No man, the sport where they, when they go on the, the board and them jump, them spinning over and doing all the acrobat. Oh, <laughs> so I have to be an acrobat. And journalism <laughs> to get that to get things done, and my, my, and my son going to school and and all of that. Like when I'm at when I'm at at, at work, I will leave work and go to university, and my son, I will have neighbors take care of him until I get home. And that wasn't pleasant. That that really wasn't pleasant. And maybe I think probably I feel some sort of guilt where that is concerned. Where that is concerned, but I just had to do it. And when I was at work too, the um going to school, that that trade. when I when I um
1: when yes, I because to... you were studying while you were working. Yeah, did diploma courses and so.
2: Yes, I did the diploma course first, right? And um, after that. I was matriculated for um, the, the, the the degree course, right. So when I did, when I, um, I applied for time to do the studies and stuff, I got a time where there were a lot of conditions and my um, leave and stuff like that were impacted. And I went to university. And I, you know, another sort of help that I get, Garfield Grandison. You know that Garfield, when the work over, when I had, you know, you have to go to university. You have to do your tutorials. You can not there and Garfield will just sit in the my place and say, "PT come, PT go on." And Garfield sitting on my desk. Come, allow me to go under the tutorials. You know, if it was about human people, I like taking notes for me, and I'm just saying thanks, Gigi. Thanks again. Mm-hmm. Thanks, what you So doing.
1: it, it. I hear in your story, Miss Phyllis, mm-hmm. the fact that you had a village. You had people in your corner, the Lord um, strategically placed people around you that would help to get you to where you needed to be and where he wanted you to be.
2: And you are so right. And you're so right. And you know what is that university? You know why I feel so good about it. With all the challenges, as you say to balance the, the work, Sometimes with my son, I would take him to an assignment with me. I' not supposed to do it, but take him on an assignment with me, right? But at the end of it, I got first class honors for my my, 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 my um, communication thing that I did at UA. And so it is an accomplishment because of all that I had to go through. Mm-hmm. And I feel good about it. I really, really feel good about it.
1: Right, so we were talking about those that, you know, the Lord has trust strategically placed in your corner to help you along the way. And we were talking about the people that helped you along with your book.
2: Yes, yes. And I've, I've already told about people like um, um, Jenny, my sisters, rose and Maureen, even and my brother, and um, Taylor, um, Ruth Taylor, my publisher, and Dr. Isaac Newton, but I've also Tracy, Lolita Tracy, my very, very good friend. She was the editor in charge of design at the cleaner. When she left um, the cleaner, she went to the center um, to New York to head the New York office. She's in another um, occupation now. She's in another position um, in New York. No, she's in, I think it's Texas that she's in now. But she gave me so much help. In fact, she's the editor of the book. She's the person who edited the book. And she was in my back. She called me that M word, I'm not going to use it, my name. And she said, "You, you, how far are you, are you with the book? Where are you with the book? And every day she's at me, at me. And so I have to give her thanks as well, my dear friend, Tracy. Thank you so much. Thanks to all of you.
1: That's a wonderful note on which to end our conversation. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Miss Phyllis Stavas. It
0: Thanks was my me. pleasure
1: speaking with you. Yes, Tamika, thank you so much. I've enjoyed the discussion.
0: God bless you. Thank you, and same to you. Impact in Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Chiramed and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite motivate and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.